Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world, just some great conversations with my friends, and what's going on right now. Something New Every Week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. Good morning, good afternoon again, or evening, wherever you're at. Welcome to this week's episode of Something New Every Week. I am here with the lovely Lisa Apps, Lisa Asp, from, and it's okay, I butcher everybody's names on the show. And so it's many people say it that way, it's all good. <laughs> ridiculous. But um, uh, Lisa is a, she is um, a little bit different than a lot of the guests that I've had. Uh, she is mainly a non-human photographer based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She, we share some good friends, uh, in the Minneapolis area, and that is a really great community up there. But, uh, I'm excited to talk to you about all the things that are, um, non-human. So welcome to this something new every week. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I love it. This is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, and I want to, want you to tell me about your business and, and, you know, kind of what you do. Um, and I'm always jealous of, uh, pet photographers and, 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 and non-human photographers. I'm allergic to everything on the planet. So like, <laughs> oh, no. I, I can't even be in a house with a cat. You know, when I went up to Matthews, I had to stay in a hotel. Like I'm not allergic. Like even at my wow. age where the allergist was said to me, um, you know, at a certain age, when you kind of get into your fifties, your allergies should kind of go away a little bit. That's one of the benefits of getting older. And that really hasn't been the case. So, oh, that's so disappointing. Yeah, I can't, I can't be in a room with a cat for more than a half an hour. I love, love, love dogs. Like yeah. I wish I could have a dog, but there's not, not even the not allergic because I'm allergic to the, their saliva. So if they lick me, like I get hives. Oh God. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. Cause I love pet kisses. I love doggy kisses. That's the best. <laughs> so do I. So do I. So what I have to do is like pet the dog and then I got to go like take a, take a dog Gosh. bath. Yeah. Um, so Lisa, for those of you who, those of people listening, tell me a little bit about your business and what you do. Sure. So I primarily focus on dog portraits. I have some cats and some other animals every once in a while. Um, and every once in a while I have a human in front of my camera, but, um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's mostly, it's mostly dogs, which I love. I'm a huge dog lover. I'm a huge animal lover. And so it works for me. I used to do mostly people. And then when I got my first dog way back in 2001, um, so a long time ago, I started photographing him. I just would bring him into the studio and kind of play a little bit. And he was a retired racing greyhound. And so um, I ended up doing a fundraiser for the greyhound rescue that I got him through. Mm -hmm. And that kind of took off as an annual fundraiser with different rescues. Um, I had a studio in Connecticut at the time. And then uh, back in 2011, I moved to Minnesota which is where I grew up. Okay. So it was kind of coming home. Um, and the the fundraiser that I did in Connecticut was so successful that that was one of the thing, first things that I did when I got to Minnesota uh-huh. because there are so many photographers here and I'm like, oh, I'm starting over with a brand new business. Nobody knows me. Nobody uh-huh. knows my work. What, what can I do that's different from other people that I already have samples of? I already have a portfolio that I already have experience and that I do relatively well. And for me, that was pet photography. Hmm. So I worked with a rescue almost immediately, started doing this fundraiser started working with some rescues to photograph their adoptable pets. And 
pet photography just took off. So I'm almost exclusively pets at this point and have been since 2011, which is almost 10 years already, is 10 years already, wow. which is crazy. Yeah, and I forgot that we had talked, you moved from from the Connecticut area and starting a new business over again. So I definitely want to touch on building a new business and finding that thing that you want to do. Um, and I do think it goes to, you know, that unique, like, it's not a job for us if we choose something that we really enjoy. And it's obvious that you know, just looking at your images, that you love dogs. And so you chose something and, and you took like a charity uh, and giving to something and then you're able to, and I love greyhounds. Greyhounds are such unique dogs. Yeah. Um, and those, those greyhound rescue organizations really do a great service. Um, I know a little bit about them. So like, while I can't yeah. own a dog, I love dogs and I <laughs> <laughs> love seeing any opportunity to, to hang out with a dog. Um, so what I want to start with you is print competition because this is the time of year. Um, where we're starting to gather, you know, what we're, what we're doing. And, uh, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about print, you know, with WPPI, I always loved the animal categories because they were, they were just so unique. And some of the images that came out of it were, were just incredible. And, you know, like, especially with the dogs, like getting dogs to do things that, you know, just, um, is, is amazing. So, um, and you've done very well this year in, in the, uh, the image awards for PPA. Yeah. And, uh, congratulations on that because there's, Thanks. there's a lot of competition and, uh, yeah. you're, you're up against some formidable photographers. Yeah. 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 For sure. There's, it's a, every single year I'm blown away by the level of work. And I swear it just keeps increasing every year. The bar is set so high and people surpass that bar every year. And it's really fun to be a part of that. And I think it's such a great avenue to really push yourself, mm -hmm. um, you know, creatively and, um, through your technology and, and everything that goes into your, your photography, print competition just pushes it and pushes it. I've learned so much through just pushing myself that way. Um, mm -hmm. I got my master artist degree a couple of years ago through PPA. Mm. Oh my God, the amount of information <laughs> that I learned, um, just my, my technical skills in yeah. Photoshop and that kind of stuff. It's, it's amazing the level that I started at and now that I'm at it, I, it's great to be able to see yourself grow. I can't, you know, I, I've never actually, one of these days, maybe I'll actually go through some of those PPA courses and I've just <laughs> never, I've never done it. And, um, I'm always jealous of, they're, they're quite, they're quite the accomplishment and the amount of technical knowledge that you do need to learn is pretty incredible. So for those of you who are newer photographers, um, looking to just really take it up a notch, I, I learned a lot of my technical knowledge from banging on the, from, you know, cutting my teeth on the streets of New York City and working photographers over the years. But if you want to, you know, kind of fast track, um, a lot of the PPA certification courses are really, really amazing. Um, before we started talk, uh, uh, you know, when we were chatting before we started recording, you said that you had some tips for, um, yeah. for photographers. So let's, let's get straight to that because, um, I think they're, they're really great. Yeah, and I love print competition, and I love it when when new people start competing. But it's it's a really um, it's an intimidating arena to to walk into yeah. because a the level is so good, but b there's so much that you need to know right. in order to do it. And most people, you know, the first time that they do it, they totally bomb. They they expect they're going to do great because they believe that their work is amazing, and sometimes <laughs> it is. But usually people, yeah, are like, oh my it, god, it, yeah, that yeah. sucks so but bad. But you don't I'm never know until you again. enter. Yeah. Yeah. 
So in that, in an effort to help people through that process, I've put together just a quick little guidebook that I call the five, top five, my top five tips for kicking ass in print competition. Mm. And I have that as a, as a freebie for everybody. All you need to do is text in order to get it and you'll get it instantly. Okay. Um, the number to text is 844-PET-TOGS. So it's P-E-T. T-O-G-S, which mm-hmm. is also 738-8647. Cool. And that way, yeah, we'll get you that immediately and you can read through it and, and hopefully it will help people on their journey in print competition. And I'll put that number in the show notes too, so you can click on it from there as well. So, yep. all right. Well, but I'm going to press you a little bit on yeah, this yeah, so right on. now. So I, you know, when I ran the WPPI competitions, you know, I get emails from people who were entering for the first time, just looking for, you know, some guidance. And what would you say, you know, the f- what would be the, the first piece of advice you give somebody if they're, you know, entering for the first time? Like, give me the push that I need. I'm Lisa, I, I, I think <laughs> I've got some images that I want to enter. Um, uh, but I'm really scared. Sure. <laughs> well, there are a couple of things that I would say. Um, if you're a part of like a, a PPA affiliate, and they're all over the country, state yes. and local and um, regional affiliates, that's a great way to kind of get started because okay. it's not on that national scale. Okay. And um, so that, I mean, submit to those competitions first, but better yet, get to know the people there who have been down this road before, who can give you tips and pointers and, and really help you along the way. It's great to have those personal relationships with people. And I think having a mentor no matter where you're at in your journey is is hugely important. You need to have somebody who you can show your images to and bounce ideas off of. And um, I love having those people in my life. And I've been doing this for a long time. So Mm -hmm. I think it's still important for me. Um, Another great resource would be to actually watch judging, um, watch what happens because you learn so much just through seeing and hearing the judges talk about the images. And, um, you know, a lot of things are not in person right now. So it's difficult, you know, again, with the state and local affiliates, a lot of times you could go sit through judging. Um, That's not happening right now. But the great thing is that they're all online. They're all happening digitally, virtually. The judges are home. Um, One of my favorite resources is printcompetition.com. And this is a Uh website that most affiliate, PPA affiliates are using to run their competitions. And um, you can be, you can become a premium member at that website, which is only like 15 bucks for the quarter, something like that. It's dirt cheap. Yeah. And Uh, with that premium membership, you can actually search the archives. There are tens of thousands of images that are saved from previous competitions. So you can search by score, you can search Mm -hmm. by category, you can search by affiliate, you can search by year. I mean, there's so many different ways to search. And any image that has been discussed by the judges, the audio is also recorded. So the audio will be right there with those images. Mm -hmm. It's such a great way to see what does well, to hear what the judges are saying about things. And, um, And then if you come across one that you really love, you can actually see who the maker is and search their other images. And sometimes you can see that same image that's gone through a couple of different um, competitions and you can hear what the judges say if they've talked about it in each and how that particular image has progressed from one to the other. So I I can't say enough great things about that website. And it's such an important tool, I think, for people who want to take part and learn about it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, most of the affiliates do use printcompetition.com. And the other thing you can do is, 
you know, if you're looking for, because each each affiliate has their own dates that they do their competitions, you yep. can you can act, you can actually enter some of those other chapter competitions if you're looking for some immediate feedback, you know, on what's going on right now. I do I do really highly recommend getting involved in your affiliates. Um, <clears throat> some some are stronger than others, um, and also with the Missouri PPA, we've actually started taking in a few members from outside. Um, the state. So you can actually join one that, you know, that you don't, you don't have to join the one that's in your state. Although I recommend doing that because, um, it gives you the opportunity to network with, you know, local people. And, um, I can't, I can't, um, you know, getting to know people in, in your area and having a local network. I can't stress that enough. Those relationships take time. And I've been fortunate enough to, you know, start building some, some here. Um, I know that Minneapolis has a strong one as well. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah. So competitions. Uh, so start with the affiliates, then to then go national. Um, have you ever? I feel like I've seen your images. Did you ever enter WPPI? You was strictly with. Uh, I've never. PPI? No, I've actually never done WPPI. One yeah, of these years, I'll get around work. to it. There's, a, there's the 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 pet category is probably one that <laughs> you yeah. should probably enter. Um, I there know, are right? some strong. Um, there's a couple of Aussie photographers that that their work is. Oh just yeah, true. and I know them well. I'm trying to remember their names now. I can't. Belinda Richards. Yeah, just kicks ass. No, that's not and... the one I'm thinking of, but. Uh, uh, Joe Howell is one who mm -hmm. does well. Um, Alex Kearns, though, I don't know. Yeah, she competes and she does well. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a woman named Charlotte Reeves who mm -hmm. I'm not sure if she competes either, but she's she's a, a fairly well-known Aussie photographer. Um, Craig Turner Bullock is in New Zealand, so that's right next door, and okay. he does really well as well. So, yeah, it's fun to get to know some of those pet photographers. <laughs> yeah, um, and... Um... Yeah, the the work again, just just crazy, like how that work is get done. You also run something called the Animal Image Makers, and you have a conference coming up really soon, don't you? Yeah, it's in April, the middle of April, okay. uh, the fifteenth through the eighteenth, to be mm -hmm. exact. <laughs> Yeah, so this got started a few years ago. Um, being a pet photographer, you know, one of the things that I've noticed over the years is that there's not a lot of education out there for pet photography. Yeah, I agree. And this is an area of the industry that is growing like crazy. Um, when I, especially when I first moved to Minnesota, there were hardly any pet photographers. Mm. And there are several pet photographers now. There's still plenty of work for everybody. So that's not a concern. But uh -huh. I, what I'm seeing is a lot of people starting out and not having the base that they need, not having the knowledge that they need not knowing animal behavior or how to light animals differently mm. from humans. Like there's so much that goes into it. It's really a very special skill set. Yeah. And so we put together this conference to help people learn about pet photography and really raise the bar within the industry. So we all, you know, it's one of those things that you hear all the time, um, a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. And I think that if we can keep the work in the industry, like at such a high level, it's going to just be, be a benefit for everybody. Hmm. So yeah, we put together this conference and it's coming up, of course, with coronavirus this year. Uh, last year we had to we postponed an entire year with the hopes that this year we would be able to get everybody together, but we can't. So we've converted it this year to a virtual conference, yeah. which is um, really actually very nice because it makes it super accessible to so many people, no matter where you are in the world. And we do have an international audience. And so um, I, I'm not going to lie. It's been a ton of work, so much more than I expected to convert. <laughs> what? Putting a conference to together is hard work? No. <laughs> well, not just that, but now I'm like, oh, it's not going to be that much different. We just like pick a software and do it online. But oh my God, it's completely different. 
Yeah. Oh my God. It, it's coming it, together you know, great, and I'm so excited about I, it. Yeah. And so, so yours is virtual this year, and I'm looking at yeah. your lineup, and you've got a great, a great speaker team. Um, I cannot stress how great Dave Dopel is uh, teaching yeah. his stuff, and I see that you've also got Nate, Nate from yep. Sticky. Um, yep. He's also an incredible teacher. I don't really know the other photographers, but um, it's uh, you know if you're if you're interested in, in in learning pet photography, this is this is definitely worth checking out. I like how yeah. you have the Barker Lounger schedule and trade show. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we're we're calling this one Barker Lounger because people can stay home and like nice. take part from their own Barker Loungers. <laughs> nice. So yeah, so the, the website is animalimagemakers.com mm-hmm. if people want more information. Um, uh, the whole speaker lineup is on there. Uh, registration information is on there. We're going to have a great virtual trade show. Um, there's an option to register for just this year, but there's also what we are calling a VIP pass, mm-hmm. which will get you this year and 2022, which will be in person um, for basically the same price as what it'd be just for the in-person. So you're oh, cool. basically getting this year for free with that. So, nice. And I do have a discount code. If, if uh, people are interested in registering, they can uh-huh. just use my last name, ASP, um, and that'll save 15% off of uh, either registration, which is a great savings. Cool. So. Oh, you have the Vokes too. They're, they're, they're great teachers as well, teaching about Facebook ads and Google ads. That'll be I want to to come to that. Um, Well, you totally should. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might. Um, And I can't get an allergy attack (laughs) from watching virtually. Um, So let's go into into shooting animals. Um, I think as photographers, at some point or another, um, we're going to find ourselves in a position where we're going to need to photograph an animal. I'm going to start with, um, for those of, for people who are photographing um, let's say you're doing, I'm going to go outside, just pet photography. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, shooting a wedding. They have a dog or I'm shooting a family picture. They have multiple dogs. Yeah. Um, I've never done it before. I agreed to it. I know I'm going to be sorry for saying yes. What's your advice going forward? You're my friend. <laughs> Sure. Well, <laughs> if if you can, I would say first of all, have somebody come with you who's comfortable handling a yes. dog. Okay. Um, and that way they can kind of be your dog wrangler, which helps okay. so much. And especially if there are multiple dogs. Uh-huh. Um, if you're outside, definitely keep the dog on a leash. Okay. Um, probably without a harness because harnesses are really hard to retouch out. Um, uh, a collar is not so hard, but you can even leave the collar on and just retouch out a leash. And that's okay. so easy. Um, but I think for the safety of everybody, it's especially outside, you want to keep a dog on a leash. Um, you don't want the dog to run off. You don't want the dog to run up to somebody who might be highly allergic and you know, can then come back and be like, oh my God, you, you're going to dog hair all over dog. a groomsman or a bridesmaid. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So c- control is a, is a really big thing. Um, and that way you can kind of stand back and do your, your thing as well. Um, with animals, you know, I, I sometimes say that they're a lot like toddlers where they get bored really fast. And so you really need to kind of have an arsenal of, of noises and attention getters. Mm. And so I always bring a bag of stuff with me on location, different noises, different squeakers, different whistles. Um, I've learned a lot of weird things that I can do with my mouth just for crazy noises that they've probably (laughs) never heard before. And, um, it's just what it takes. And it's, it's really embarrassing to do when I'm not actually doing it with a dog. So I'm not Mm going to make any noises today, (laughs) (laughs) but bring me your dog and you'll get to see them all. (laughs) Um, no, really, you know, and it's, 
a lot of people too will be like if they with a squeaky toy like constantly squeaking squeak 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 and it's you know you think about if you're with um a toddler and you've got all the aunts and uncles and everybody lined up in the studio with you and they're all making goofy noises and playing peekaboo and doing all this stuff and the kid doesn't know where to look it's kind of the same thing with the dog if like they're going to get overwhelmed with all the squeaking and all the people and all the you know everything going on and they're not going to know what to do and they're going to be overwhelmed and stressed so i like to work with a dog wrangler um okay <laughs> you can probably hear my dog I can hear, yep. she's ready to go outside um <laughs> Regardless, um, I like to work with a dog wrangler who can really like be there with the dog, get the dog's attention. And then I make one squeak or one noise and that's all it takes for them to turn and look at the camera. Mm. That constant squeaking is overwhelming and they're going to just be desensitized really fast and it's not going to mean anything. So be very, very careful with how much you use those noises. I see. Okay. So that's, let's say we're on location someplace and uh, yes, for weddings, people would always, you know, there often would be somebody who was, you know, had a dog who was going to walk down the aisle. There was important to them. They wanted to be in the pictures. You got to have the dog wrangler if the dog decides to just be a pain in the neck and get him right. out of there. Yeah. 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 And especially in a situation like a wedding where it's going to be an all day thing, you don't want that dog there all day. No. Bring them in for the photo, have somebody who can then bring them home or, you know, if it's a dog sitter or a dog walker, whatever, you, you don't want them around the whole time because yeah. it is going to be a little much. Yeah. Many years ago, I did an engagement shoot in Central Park with uh, uh, Winifred III. They called him Winnie. He was a uh, French bulldog. Um, it was the most well-behaved French bulldog I've ever seen in my life. But this dog came and did the shoot and then the, <clears throat> the friend came over and took the dog and we finished the shoot with um excuse me with um with the, just the two of them um this this dog was was really neat because he would just sit and pose for the camera and i it was the craziest dog has like you know 20,000 followers on instagram and um is a crazy dog but um so now the studio is always a fascinating thing for me as a pet photographer um getting them in the background is it a lot of the same thing when you're in a portrait in the studio and, I, and i'm curious too and i don't know why i've never asked this question studio lighting talk to me about studio lighting for pets well, I, a lot of people don't really get that. And they tend to, especially people who are just starting out, they tend to really flatly light their animals. Uh -huh. And I I really try to go with a lot more dramatic lighting. Um, I light very similar um my, my pets much like I do my people where I've got three to four lights in my studio. So I've got my fill light, I've got my main light, I've got a kicker, I've got my background light. Um, and so depending upon the background, I sometimes do and sometimes don't use that one. Um, but I tend to bring my main light like almost to a 90 degree angle. So it's a lot more directional or even almost behind the animal, um, especially if they're more profile, then you get that kind of nice backlighting. And, okay. um, I, and people tell me all the time, Oh my God, it looks like a painting. And yeah. And I, I think that it's because I light a little bit more dramatically and because I'm in the studio and I do use painted backdrops a lot. And I think that all adds to kind of the painterly look and feel. And I love canvas portraits. And so that's what I have on display mostly in my right. studio canvas. So you add those three things together. And um, honestly, they, they do really tend to look like paintings. So they yeah. do. And the backdrops that you have are gorgeous. I'm looking at your website now. Now, is this, uh, I, I'm, uh, maybe I, I missed it, and I apologize to people, there's a vacuum that our cleaning person is here and they're vacuuming upstairs, so I'm hoping it's not too loud, and I apologize. Um, but like I said, something new every week is about just a conversation between <laughs> right. 
two photographers. Back, back, vacuum in my dock. It's, right. all, it, it's all good. Hopefully some of it will get cleaned up in, in the audio mastering. But um, are you shooting with, with um, strobe or available light or both? I'm, I'm shooting mostly with strobe. Okay. Um, I, I do have nice, huge wall of windows. So there oh, are some dogs who okay. come in and are startled by the lights. Like they don't like it for whatever reason. Well, that reason. was my question. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have the ability just to open up my curtains and use window light as well, which is a really great option. Um, I, I did my fundraiser this year because I, I usually do it in the spring and we haven't talked about that at all, but I do a huge fundraiser okay. every year for animal rescues. And I typically do that in the spring. Um, once we're kind of through the crazy Minnesota winters where nobody wants to go outside and before it gets really hot <laughs> outside. But yeah. of course this year there was a whole shutdown between like March and July. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing, I, I reopened in July and moved the fundraiser to like like the first thing when I could. And so it was like right after 4th of July. And I think because this year there were so many like celebrations that were canceled, like big town celebrations that so many people went out and got fireworks and just did their own thing. Like they were everywhere. And so many dogs were so afraid because they hate the fireworks. And so of course, Uh when they come into the studio and I've got my strobes, they make a little popping sound, Uh you know, when they fire off and that set off so many dogs. So I think I used window light more this year than I ever have before just because of that. Uh, Yeah. These poor dogs this year. And you're right. uh, July 4th was just nuts here in St. Louis with, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always been more than it was when we lived in New Jersey, but it, it's absolutely like they like their fireworks out here. Um, <laughs> I love fireworks, so it's fine with me, but I, dogs just, I, I, I can't imagine. I'm sure they're shell sock. Have you found, um, I can't tell you how many families have bought and gotten dogs through through this whole coronavirus and all of a sudden people are buying dogs. Have you noticed, let's, uh, let's get to the coronavirus and you know, your business, but I want to start with the question. Has there been an explosion of dog owners that you know of? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of rescues will say that too, that this Mm. past year they have had more adoptions than they have ever before. And it's an interesting thing because, um, you know, so many people were home, of course, working Mm. from home. So they felt it was the perfect time to adopt a dog when they Mm. could be there with them. Um, it's going to be interesting, I think, going forward to see when people actually do go back to the office, if they haven't yet, how the dogs respond to that. And my guess is that there's going to be an awful lot of separation anxiety (laughs) in the future of these families, which they're they're probably not prepared for goodness you're out of here well yeah well that would be more the cat than the dog probably (laughs) get out of my space (laughs) yeah but um i you know i think it's it's been tricky for a lot of rescues because they have seen a lot of adoptions but they've also had to cut so much of their fundraising they haven't been able to have events and they haven't been able to do the things that they typically do in order to bring in the money that they need for vetting and for the care of these dogs while they're in uh, before they get adopted yeah. and most rescues will do like full vetting and spay and neuter and you know whatever the the animal needs and and a lot of them will deal with like big medical cases that are very expensive mm-hmm. and so it's been tough for a lot of rescues this year because they haven't been able to do their fundraising. Yeah. And I mean, that's just across the board and hopefully things as they start opening up again, um, we will, we'll get back at it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So we're at about 25 minutes and we usually start wrapping up yeah. right about here. So, but we really, you know, we haven't touched on, you know, you know, I, I asked this question to all photographers and this will be our, our, my final question is, you know, how has, let me put it in two parts. So let's start with the beginning and I'll break it up into a few questions. So beginning of this year, you're, you're shut down. Minneapolis has been a very shut down city. Yeah. Um, 
you were just not allowed to shoot in the studio from March through July, August? Uh, through, I opened mm. like mid July, shortly after 4th of July is when okay. I started back up. So yeah, about three months or maybe slightly more than. Yeah. Gotcha. And I don't know how far in advance you schedule out your portrait sessions, but did they just get rescheduled and just, you know, anything you had on the books, just, you know, we're going to push it till next year. Yeah. We pushed things back. Um, mm-hmm. and especially my fundraiser, I think I had, um, over 40 sessions for the fundraiser this year. So yeah, they all got to move to July and, and July was warm. It was, it was tough and that's Mm. really hard for dogs. And I, I always want to try to do something like that when, cause these are much shorter sessions than my regular studio sessions. And so I don't have a lot of time for the dogs come in and like cool down. Uh. Like we're, in and out and in and out. I do about 30 minute sessions for that. And so it was tough. I, I definitely put an extra pad of time between sessions because I did have to go through and clean everything and Lysol everything. And I turned on an air purifier and wiped everything down with like the Clorox wipes. And there's so many different precautions that, you know, I had to think about this year that I've never had to before I went out and got masks and gloves and all of that kind of stuff. So I had those handy for people Mm. if they didn't have their own and and needed it just for them to feel comfortable and to, so they knew that I, I thought about those things and I care about them and, and want them to be safe. And I didn't have any issues. I had a couple people reschedule mm. or um, some of my sales appointments, which I typically do in person, we did okay. through Zoom. And that's fine too. Um, yeah. You know, that's, it's just, it's a weird circumstance and we just have to go with whatever our, our clients are comfortable with. So. Yeah, I do. Um, as I build my business, I've been so happy to be able to do in-person sales and not have to go to their house or I don't have a studio like you do. Um, I, I've been saying in my, in, in some of the education that I've been doing, like, it's great that I can now do my sales sessions in my, my sweatpants. <laughs> so that, that right. part is, is really great. Okay. So, um, you're, you're rebooking now and things are open. Uh, I guess my last question is, um, what has your information been as far as pets being able to, tr- uh, to, to transfer the coronavirus to, to humans? Do you, it's, it's because what I hear is all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that there, it, it happens, I think, but not very often. It's pretty rare. There are a few cases out there where animals have contracted it. Um, I don't know that they've necessarily spread it. Uh, not, I mean, it's entirely possible. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just don't know that information, I guess, but I haven't been worried about it. My clients haven't been worried about it. You know, they're, they let me pet their dogs. (laughs) Like I'm loving them up like normal. And a lot of times while I'm shooting, I'm sitting on the floor on a really short bench so I can kind of be at their eye level. Uh And a lot of times if I make that squeaky sound, they're coming running at me and, um, I've got glasses and like, I can't make my noises with my mask on, but I'm using my 7200. So I'm quite a ways away. So a lot of times I'll pull my mask down Mm. while I'm shooting. But as soon as that dog runs at me, I like whip that (laughs) mask. Ask up right away and like I don't want any germs spread but yeah. yeah my clients haven't been worried and they've certainly not worried about me loving their dogs and petting their dogs and okay. yeah yeah last question craziest <laughs> craziest dog story uh bad behavior bad dog behavior um scary story share one story you gotta have one okay I'll share mm. scare I've got yeah I've, I'll share a scary story um okay I had a client come in a few years ago, um, maybe even more than a few years ago, with two dogs, Uh dogs that live together and are around each other all the time, Uh but 
you know, you get in a situation where it's a little different for them. There are toys and there are treats and, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's all this stuff going on that mm-hmm. they do tend to sometimes get overstimulated and you got to watch for that so that you can just, ah, everybody just take a little break uh, and calm down. But these two dogs were just like, <laughs> all of a sudden they just like, they started fighting. Blood was oh drawn. Oh my gosh! We could not get the two of them apart. Oh. It was really, it was really scary. Mm. Um, this was when I, I had my studio in my home for a long time. Okay. I moved out, gosh, going on two years ago already now. But um, I have a fully fenced-in backyard, and so mm. we we got them over to the back door, and we were able to push one out and kept the other one in and shut the door between them. And that was oh the only way gosh. that we could separate them, and it was really, really scary. Oh. And um, the woman was, of course, she was shaking, and I was shaking, and oh my god, you know, I'm like. I always have a water bowl handy. And so I threw the water on one of the dogs hoping, wow. you know, you think about the hose and like yeah. holding down dogs. Yeah. Um, that didn't do anything. Like wow. nothing worked and until we could get one outside. And she said that nothing like that had ever happened before, which I don't think I believe because yeah. um, going forward, I could see her posts online and, sh- and she had some issues and she ended up actually giving mm. up one of the dogs. Mm. So I, I don't think it was the first situation. Um, and that's one of those things that, you know, if there are situations like that, I, I always want my clients to tell me so that I'm aware of that. Um, because for the safety of everybody, you just want, I would have definitely made sure that we had a much calmer environment and like knowing those things is so key. And that's why I do consultations with all of my clients too, because they need to tell me about those things. And if they do, I can certainly handle it and I can be better prepared for the session that way. So that was a scary one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, preparing your clients for their sessions, Sounds like it it goes across the board, whether it's humans or, or yeah. dogs as well. But it's really more about preparing like 90, the humans. 98% of my clients are totally awesome, and I <laughs> never have an issue. But every once in a while, there's one that's just a little little tough. Yeah. So, well, and it's doggies. not always a fight. It's not, it, sometimes it's other things. I'm looking but. at all these doggy pictures. I want a dog. <laughs> but I can't. Anyway, all right. We're going to wrap up here. It is so great. I mean, just come work in your studio and then just yeah, take a shower totally when I get home every day. Um, <laughs> it's been great chatting with you. Um, we'll put links to everything that we talked about. Definitely lots of great information here. Check out uh, the Animal Image Makers. That's going to be, I mean, you can be anywhere with this. So it's a great opportunity this year to, to check it out virtually. And uh, Lisa, thanks for thanks for being on Something New Every Week. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I'd love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab, millerslab.com. Great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. We will see you back here next week.